All right, get your notes out. We're going to get right into part three of this series that we're on called Unwrapped. We're in the holiday. Many gifts are going to be uh, passed around here this coming weekend. And, but, and we've shared with you how many knows that no matter what the value of that item is in that gift, if it's not unwrapped, the value is never appreciated. And, and it's the same way about you and I that God has placed within every one of us certain gifts. And if we don't unwrap that gift, if we don't identify it and understand it and appreciate it and unwrap it, we never get to participate in the value of what it brings to us as an individual, and we miss much of God's favor and blessing in our life. And so let's go right to the text that we've been using all month. It's in your notes, but you are a chosen people, and we share with you part one is that you've got to unwrap the understanding that God handpicked you, that, that you're not an accident. You didn't just happen in this thing. You didn't find God. God found you. Amen. How many admit today, man, I was running from him and he tracked me down, all right? He, he, he picked me. I've been a cho I am a chosen. You got to unwrap that because the devil wants to keep telling you you're nothing and nobody. You're an accident. God just loves you because he has to. No, he chose you. You're handpicked to be in his family. Number two, he, he said you're, a, you're called out. And I dealt with these areas that he said you're called out as a royal priesthood which means you have the authority. Jesus said, God said, everything I put on Jesus, I put on you. Amen. That you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, a special possession. Amen. You gotta unwrap that today. God's got your picture on his refrigerator. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. I said, you're, you're a special possession to God. If he would pick in his bag of special possessions, your picture's in there today. You gotta unwrap that or the enemy will keep you living in the past instead of pursuing your day and your future. Amen. And today I want to talk to you about the third part that, that God says, if you understand that you've been chosen and if you understand you've been called out, then I want you to learn how to unwrap this idea and understanding that I have commissioned you to worship. Because he says that, and there's no period here, it's a comma, so it's a continuation of what God is saying. You're chosen, you're called out, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How many's glad one day Jesus came and shined a light into your dark life and dark spaces of your life? And I want to talk to you today on this topic of commission to worship. You see, Jesus spent 33 years of his life on this earth. He then paid for mine and your sins and transgressions when he died on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead, and then he spent 40 days just showing up, walking through walls and appearing in places and freaking people out and healing people and, and doing all kinds of miracles and, and all of this stuff. For 40 days, he did that, just proving that he had resurrected and he was alive. And then after the 40 days, he told the disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there because I'm going to have a special visitation of the Holy Spirit, my spirit there. And I'm going to start this thing I'm going to call the church. And I'm going to birth the church. And so the disciples, they met there, and you all know it. And, and all of a sudden, they met in an upper room, and the Spirit of God fell there, and the church was birthed. But here's what I want to really bring out today, because when that church was birthed, as Jesus said it was going to be, many didn't understand it. Amen. They didn't get it. Because all of a sudden, when the presence of God filled that upper room, life filled it with it. And energy came, and praise came, and worship came, 
And Jesus started being elevated and lifted up, and there was noise up there. And the wind of God's breath began to blow in that upper room. And, and we know it today as Pentecost. And, and that one word just scares people because they've got such a bad image because it's been misrepresented in many, many ways. But the word Pentecost just means 50. Real scary, right? It just means 50. It means that the church was birthed 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. And, and that's all it means. But what happened there is much more than 50. Because the church that you and I are part of was birthed at that moment. But what I want to share with you is when it was birthed, there were some people outside the church that couldn't understand what was going on inside the church, and they began to mock it, and they began to make fun of it. Because here's the thing, I'm firmly convinced today as a pastor that the reason people are turned off to the church is they've never experienced it yet. Because what you don't understand, you will either run from or make fun of. And, and what we've got to do as a body of Christ is give them a good representation of what the kingdom of God really looks like. And it's not all this mystical, and I believe in the supernatural and everything, but the world's looking for real people living in a real world serving a real God that can change their life. And, and so they couldn't understand that. So let's go right to our scripture. And here's what was said about it. And they're looking at this church now. And they were amazed and perplexed. These are the people outside the church. And they asked one another, what does this mean? You know, I don't get this. What, what's going on in there? Some, however, made fun of them and said, uh, they've had too much wine. That means there was some stuff going on in the church. It wasn't quiet wasn't still. They were acting like you were a while ago. <laughs> then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. And I'm going to try to do that a little bit today to some of you. Maybe you're new in church. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what he's saying there is this is what you've been looking for the whole time. You just didn't expect it to look like this. Amen. And I want to share with you today what Jesus is looking for in his church through this thing called worship. Very simple message I want to bring today. But God wants to unwrap. He wants you to unwrap. This weapon is not a gift, it's a weapon. Amen. And some of you need to get that. God wants you to unwrap this weapon of worship because our weapons aren't carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of the stronghold of our enemy. And one of the greatest weapons you will ever have in your arsenal as a Christian is worship. Amen. And so I want to talk to you today. Why, why, why do we worship like we worship? Why, why do we come to church on a Sunday morning and a band cranks up up here and there's lights and there's all kind of stuff and I really don't care about the lights. I like them, but I don't have to have them. I preached 33 years without them. But if we, our whole motive is we're gonna give God the most excellent offer of everything he's given us on this earth to use. If it's lights, if it's sound, if it's a board, if it's an instrument, if it's my voice, anything and everything that I can portray to God that I'm doing everything in my power with excellence to give you the best worship and the best praise that I can give you, I'm gonna do it. 
And so why do we do, why, why did we stand up when we worshiped? Well, if we had introduced a big political name, you would have. So we introduced somebody bigger than that. So we stand when we worship if we have the health to do that because the king just was introduced. Why do we clap our hands? Because he asked us to. Why do we lift our hands? Why do we shout aloud with a voice of triumph? I want to answer some of that today. Why do we do what we do? Because you see, your why determines your way. And so why do we do it? Number one, we worship because God desires it. We worship because God desires it. How many wants to please him this morning? Now, see, I'm not preaching this because I have to talk this church into becoming worshipers. You do a pretty good job doing that right now, all right? But how many wants to get better? And you, and you know what? I don't want to just make noise. I want to give worship. It's not about how loud we can get, though. That's okay. God doesn't, noise does not bother God. Brother Jonathan just let us know exactly what the scripture said. He didn't say just symbols. He said, I want some loud sounding symbols. And here's, here's what we want you to understand is God desires it. Now, I want to just say this, especially to our new Christians and, and our young people here at this church. Understand this. When you're God, you get to call the shots. Amen. When you're God, you kind of get to say what you want. And, and God gives it very, very clear what he wants. He, he, he wants our worship. He wants our praise. Do you know that the, the longest Bible book in the Bible, 150 chapters, the book of Psalms is all about one thing. It's called worship. That God wants our worship. He desires the worship. And worship's not just our singing. The word worship means to mean adamantly in love with an object or a person of great desire. And so when I say I'm worshiping God, I'm expressing to him that I am adamantly in love with you, that you're the number one person in my life when we worship him. And so the psalmist put it like this. Brother Jonathan just quoted it to us. Praise the Lord. And the, word, the Hebrew word there is a word of command. So God's not saying if you feel like it or if, if you're in the mood. He's like, I'm telling you, if you're one of mine, I'm calling the shots right now. I want to hear some. That's, that's what he's saying. Praise God in a sanctuary when you come together in the body of Christ. How many glad you belong to a family that lets me become part of something bigger than me? And when we come to the sanctuary, we're going to praise God. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of powers. God showed up on anybody's porch here and walked in your front door and, and his powers demonstrated in your life and you've been transformed and you've watched the goodness of God in your life. He said, praise him. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. God been great in anyone's life here this morning? Has God been great to you? Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. And that doesn't mean tell a lie. That's a string instrument, all right? Praise him. Praise him with the timbrel and the dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipes. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Anybody in here breathing? The rest of you, we're gonna have a prayer line in just a minute. All right, I said, anybody in here breathing? Did God wake you up this morning? I said, did God wake you up this morning with breath in your lungs? Let everything that has breath, he said, let it praise the Lord. Come on, one more time, let's give him praise in the house this morning. 
So, so what, when God says, I, I want you to praise me, what does he mean? There's seven Hebrew words that, that identify the word praise, but the, the word praise in the scripture here comes from the word haleo, H-A-L-A-L, and, and here's what it means. It means to shine. It means to make a show. It means to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to celebrate. Now, that, that messes some of our pride and ego up because that's asking a lot for me to raise my hands in church. That's asking me a lot to get. And I'm not trying to make you do anything today. I'm just trying to share with you what God says he wants. And you'll get used to it if you come here long enough. You know, one Sunday, you'll get the pinky out. You know, you'll tap the thigh. And a couple weeks of that, you'll get the hand going, you know, and month or two of that, you'll, you'll get them together and, you know, and a few months of that, you'll get them up. And before you know it, you're just one of those crazy fanatical Christian worshipers with the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? But just let it happen. We're not going to come behind you and go get them hands up. All right. Just let God do what he's doing and you'll get on board. They've already labeled you when you pulled up, so you might as well enjoy yourself. All right. Come on in. But the word haleo, it means to be clamorously foolish to celebrate. You know what that word really sounds like? A Saturday evening in our living rooms when the, the, the Super Bowl's going on. Because that's how we act. And I'm all sports, man. I'm a sports fanatic. I'm a hunter. I love it. And, and I'll get in there with you and I'll root with you and we'll get loud and we'll fuss and, and you should have hit and you got, and, you know, we'll do all that. But what God's saying, I want that too. God said, that same energy and life and effort that you're putting in that, he said, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you doing that. But when you get to my house, let me see some of it too. Come on, that's what he's saying. He's saying, I, I desire that. That's what God's saying. I just wanna, I just wanna feel that too. And if, you're, if you've put more Saturday energy in your Saturday morning or Saturday football experience in your living room than you do church on Sunday with God, you might wanna visit which one you're worshiping. Because God desires it. Number two, worship is my purpose. Worship is, I was born to worship. I said, I was born to be a worshiper. Worship is my purpose. We worship God because it brings pleasure to him. Church isn't all about me, is it? I mean, I come to church to get blessed today. How many came to get blessed? If you didn't, you probably won't. But how many came to get something from you for you today? I mean, I hope you did. I hope you leave here every Sunday encouraged, instructed, engaged, motivated. But as much as I came to get something from God, I came to give something to God. And I've found out in life that if I give to him first, I have a better chance of getting something back. And that's why we worship before we go into the word, is we want to give to him before we ask him to give us anything back in return. First Peter, we, it's our, our text, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're supposed to be excited about God in front of other people. Don't be afraid of exciting worship, turning your unchurched friends off. That's why they're going to the bar. They know the life there is counterfeit. They know it's temporal, but there's at least the image of life there. It beats their dead living room. And when they come to church, the last thing they need to see is a bunch of sophisticated, stuck-up, don't-care people that are like, no. When they come in here and see some life, 
and some energy and some love and some appreciation to God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but today I can see, and I want heaven to know I'm thankful, and I want everybody around me to know that I belong to him. I was lost, I was miserable, I was going to hell, I was on drugs, I was messed up, I was walking the street, I was in prison, they told me I had no future, but I met Jesus, and he changed my life, and there's some life, there's some energy, there's some appreciation for what God has done in my life. I have a purpose in my worship. Worship because of who he is. I worship today. I don't just worship on Sunday, by the way. You, you need to be doing this in your car when you're parked. It can hurt you and drive. Someone texted me the other day. They said, these people on both sides of me think I'm crazy, but worship just got in my car. They texted me that. One of our new converts, uh, Pastor Worship just got in my car. People on both sides are looking at me like I'm crazy. I said, just keep on worship, but keep it in park. Keep it in park. <laughs> worship because of who he is. The psalmist declared, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can even begin to fathom. Come on, man, we can't even figure him out. He's so great. He's so great. How many, how many is a witness right now that God did in your life where you looked so many places and tried so many different people, but man, just a moment with the greatness of God. You can't even fathom, can't even comprehend how great he really, really is. Tell me about Jesus. I'll try, but it's, it's so detailed. He's so awesome. He's so powerful. I can't even put him into an explanation, but I can sure tell you what he's done for me. He's so great. We praise him for who he is, and, and then we praise him for what he's done. You see, we, we've got to come today and realize today that people, they get a little bit crazy. You know, they, they, these religious folks, you know, they don't want you getting too excited. Don't, don't get too excited. When, when we had our mock service here, our Saturday night mock service three weeks ago before our grand opening, just to make sure everything was working okay, Somebody put on Facebook, there were people talking, you know, they weren't being bad. They were just like, hey, did you hear about Transformation Church turning a new building, grand opening? And people were talking, and there were some people outside listening. We didn't know it. And one of them put on there, yeah, dude, I was outside in the parking lot, and they were thumping in there. <laughs> thumping. I, don't, I have to look that one up, but, you know, they said so they were thumping in there. You could hear it and feel it in the parking lot. But you want to know why we're thumping? You want to know why that guy's over there with both hands in the air and there's tears coming down his cheeks? He was a crack addict. And, and Jesus touched his life and, and he don't need crack anymore. He's got the gospel. You, you want to know why that lady over there, you want to know why she's clapping so hard and she don't mind making a little noise? You, you want to know why? Because she was abused and molested and raped her whole life as a young girl and told she would be nothing and nobody. But there was a heavenly father that one day reached down and picked her up and loved her. And she's joined a family of believers that wants to embrace her. And she's got a reason to raise her hands and clap her hands. You, 
You won't know why that couple over there, you won't know why they're so energetic and they're so loud and they're shouting amen all the time. You really want to know why? You want to know why? Because they were in divorce court six months ago. They were done. They were through. And I'm talking about some couples that were in here, that are in here right now, because they were. But one day on a Sunday morning, the presence of God showed up and spoke to their heart. And they're not in divorce court today. They're in church holding hands and celebrating and worshiping the God that can heal and restore. Why? Why do we do what we do? That young man over there, he was in a motorcycle accident and the doctors told him that for 24 days he had zero chance to live. He's, he's in this building right now. But the healer walked in the room on that 24th day and healed him, and he's no longer on deathbed, but today he's alive. You wanna know why he's a worshiper? He has a reason to be a worshiper. You, you wanna know why? You wanna know why? We've got story after story after story, but here's what Jesus said. He said, he who has been forgiven much, loves much. I was gonna have to pay a horrible penalty for my sin, but I don't have to pay it anymore because I've been forgiven much. You wanna know why? It really don't bother me who I bother when I worship? Cause it's for one person. It's for one person who has forgiven me much and I love much. Now I'm not talking about putting on a carnival. I'm not talking about faking something. I'm not talking about trying to just be loud. Get what I'm saying? I'm saying I want us to give God the greatest expression of our appreciation and our love and our thankfulness and a genuine worship to him. Every time we meet together in this house, I want heaven to know that, that we've got his attention and we want him to have ours. Because I don't, listen to me today, listen to me today as your pastor, we can't get good enough to change people's lives. We can't, I can't preach good enough. You've already figured that out. I can't get up here and speak good enough to change your family and to heal your home. We can't put together a worship service that's good enough to change and transform lives. We must have his presence. We must have his presence in this house and in us. But when he begins to live in us and flow through us, through our expressions of love to one another and our worship to him, there's nothing and no one that God can't bring in this building or bring into your path this week that he can't transform and change that life. Why don't you, if, if God's been good to you and he's worthy of some praise, why don't we give him about 10 seconds of the best praise we can give him? Come on. Come on, just best I can offer. All for you. All for him. I don't think 10 more seconds is gonna hurt anything. Come on. Really don't. Oh, we're getting a little rowdy today. <laughs> That's my cousin. All right, Luke 19 says, the whole crowd of disciples burst into, into enthusiastic praise. The whole crowd. The whole crowd, the disciples burst into enthusiastic praise over the mighty works that they had witnessed. Some Pharisees from the crowd, always some religious people around. Hey, always somebody wanting to throw some water on your fire. 
Anybody got any folks like that in your life? You know, like, I've already had, several of our new converts are already telling us, some of my friends are telling me that y'all are brainwashing me. I've got an occult. I've joined an occult. Yeah, you just joined Jesus, you know? But look, look what he said. Some Pharisees, that's religious people that don't want to obey the word. Some Pharisees from the crowd told him, teacher, get your disciples under control. You, you need to fix this. But Jesus said, nah, not hardly. If they keep quiet, the stones are going to start crying out for them, shouting praise. I don't know about you. I'm 58 years old. I ain't dead yet. So there ain't no stone going to be crying out for me when I've got the ability to cry out and offer him my praise myself. Come on, anybody with me in this house? All right, let me hurry here. I've got to close. And, and here's one I really want you to grab because worship changes everything. Worship changes everything. The best advice that I can give you as your pastor today, and I've been doing this 36 years, full time. The best advice that I can give you today is to make worship one of the key weapons in your arsenal as a believer in Jesus. Worship is not just a gift. Worship is a weapon. And I want to share that with you in a moment. You see, in your time of adversity, in your moment of greatest pain, you need worship in your arsenal. They'll bring me a couple chairs. I want to show you a little illustration. But stay with me while they're moving. When our son Tommy, I don't know if he's in here. We've got guests that may not have, he's serving somewhere, usually in the parking lot. But our son Tommy's a Vietnamese son was in an accident, motorcycle accident, given zero chance to live for 24 days on Thanksgiving Day of 2010. They told us to turn him off for two weeks. They told us we had to turn him off. Absolutely zero chance to live. But we put the iPad by his head, and we had worship going 24-7. And we refused to allow a negative word to enter that room or be spoken over him. And we let worship fill that room 24-7. And he didn't die. He's alive today. And he's not just alive, but he's walking, living. He's over our parking lot ministry today. And many of you know my little grandson, my son who's our executive pastor on the drums today. My little grandson, Jabin, is in ICU right now, diagnosed two years ago with a terminal brain disease. And Thursday night, he stopped breathing, totally stopped breathing. They had to resuscitate him. And we were there all Thursday night. And I don't know if you've ever, I hope you never have to be there where you watch your grandson literally die and become a lifeless body and and then the machines have to hopefully get him back to life. And we've watched that Thursday. We watched it several times Friday. We watched it several times yesterday. But we were in there yesterday, and he had another attack, and he quit breathing, and he's, he's turning purple, and, and he's lifeless, and you're yelling, and you're screaming, you know, Jabin, Jabin, come on, breathe something. Breathe, 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 just breathe. And he's lifeless, and he's purple. And they finally get him breathing, and you're just gasping for breath yourself now, and we finally got him calmed down, and, and I just knelt by his bed, and we put a song, because the atmosphere was charged with fear. It was charged with uncertainty. It was charged, and, and I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I was a man of great faith at that moment, because I wasn't. I was a desperate man for a touch of God in the presence of God. And, and something in my spirit just said, put this song on. And I began to play, the, I put it right by his head. And he's still trying to get his little body together. And I put this song on. To make me 
tell you, the atmosphere changed. Because no longer was it about his condition. It was about the God of miracles. And worship, when you start worship, your problem's huge and your God is small. But when you enter into worship, your God becomes huge and your problem becomes small. And I knelt down by Jabin's bed and he's legally blind, but, but he can, I believe God lets him see what he wants him to see because when I'm talking to him, he's like right here, no matter. And I, I knelt down on his bed and I had his little head right here and I, I began to talk to him and me and Jabin have a lot of talks. And I began to talk to him and I said, Papa's taking you home because the doctors had just told us that as a family, we probably are gonna have to get ready to give them a decision whether to keep resuscitating or not. And I said, I'm taking you home, son. I am taking you home. Don't, not one negative word did you hear gonna get into your spirit and your mind. You're going home with Papa because worship changes everything. And I heard this, I wanna show you because what some of you didn't need to do because when, when I got home the other night, it was like three in the morning and I was exhausted. And I just sat on the living room floor and I just laid my head back on our sofa and Jabin, every time I have him at night, his favorite song is At the Cross by Hillsong. And I don't care how frigid he is, how anything, I can play that song. And he's, he's calm. It just calms him. And I just began to play that song. And it was three in the morning in my living room. And here's what some of you need to do. And here's the power of worship. And here's what one man did, a friend. He, he was in a very hard time. And it's in the song on the video, The Miracle. And he, he, he was in a very dark place. And he went in his house and got two chairs and put them facing each other. And he told the devil to sit in one. He said, you sit in that one and watch because I'm going to worship and you're going to watch. And can I tell some of you right now that all hell's broke loose against you? You need to worship and tell the devil to watch. You, you need to come today and realize that one of the greatest weapons in your artillery today is not just your faith, it's your worship and when you enter into a real place of worship, your problem becomes smaller and your God gets bigger and your faith gets increased and all of a sudden, that devil that's been tormenting you and lying to you and beating you up and telling you you're defeated, you can look at him and say, have a seat, devil. You watch because I'm about to worship. And you watch the atmosphere and everything around you is about to change. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. The psalmist said, I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from all my enemies. You see, when you start worshiping, all of a sudden you unwrap, you unwrap that gift inside of you, that weapon inside of you that God says been there the whole time. And now rather than the devil whipping on you, you're gonna do a little whipping on the devil. Amen. And you didn't have to do anything, just worship. You see, God wants you to change. He wants you to leave different. I've, I've got to hurry here, all right? So let's talk about true worshipers. John 4, 23 says, but the time is coming. It is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. He's looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not looking for a carnival. Anybody knows that, I'll shut that down. I'm not looking for just noise. God's not looking for just noise. God, God's not looking for a show. God's looking for an expression. God wants an expression of our love and our appreciation to him and our worship. But here's some things I wanna leave you with. Number one, 
True worship is a matter of choice. Worship is based on choice, not feelings. Listen to me today. That Sunday you come to church and worship's cranking and you go, I just don't feel like standing up. That's the Sunday you need to stand up. That moment in your kitchen when all hell's broke loose and everything negative that can happen is happening and you feel like throwing in the towel, that's the time you need to plug on a song somewhere. And let a song start in your heart somewhere. Get a song of worship, praise, and change the atmosphere because it's a choice. Worship's a choice. You know what worship is to those of you that struggled with alcohol and many of this church has come out of, of, of addictions and, and all type of struggles in life. You know what worship becomes? It's that, that thing that you used to have to have. Worship takes its place. And just as I used to choose a bottle, now I choose a letter of praise. God. I used to choose, now it's, I'm making a choice. Worship becomes a weapon of my artillery. It's a choice. Here's what Habakkuk said. He said, though the fig tree does not bud and there's no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there's no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, what he's saying is life's not looking too promising right now. I don't see, I don't see the production. I don't see the provision. I don't see everything. I don't really see anything that God's really doing in my life right now. I just don't see it. I don't feel it. Yet, I choose. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Let me tell you this. I don't know God's plan with my grandson. He's the, I, I can't even fathom life without him. And if God chooses to heal my grandson, which I'm firmly believing that I'm going to get my suddenly miracle, I'm not believing anything less than that. I don't know what you're going to see me do. Just don't hold it against me. But if God in heaven, for whatever reason, chooses to take my grandson to heaven this week, you're gonna see me standing right back up here next Sunday doing what I love to do today, and that's declaring that God has done me nothing but good, and he's the greatest solution and the greatest answer to the world today. Because I do what I do by choice, not how I feel, but I worship him because it's a choice that I've made. Number two, worship with everything that I am. Worship with everything that I am. If you're gonna be a worshiper, go all in. Don't go halfway. I played baseball 14 years, two years of big league ball. My coach always told me, leave it on the field, boy. Leave it on the field. Leave nothing in the dugout. Leave it on the field. And can I tell you, when you leave church, the Transformation Church on Sunday morning, you should need a recliner when you get home. Because I left it on the field. The dream teamers out here serving and working and, and giving of themselves in a service, serving us and serving our families and then coming in here and having a 25-minute 25 expression of just giving God the very best that I can give him. You don't feel it right now, but about the time you get home and you've had a little lunch and you get in that recliner, it's like, man, I've worked all day. Why? I left it on the field. I left it on the field. I went all in giving God everything. King David was like that. King David, he was the king and 
He, he wanted to give God a sacrifice, so he went to this man's house and he asked him, he said, can I rent a room from you? Can I give you some money for a room because I want a place that I can offer a sacrifice of worship to my Lord? And the man stopped him and said, are you kidding me? You're the king, I'm not charging you. You can have the room, but I wouldn't charge you. You can have it for free, but here's what David said, it's in your notes. David said, no, sir, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. God doesn't want a worship that doesn't cost me something. I don't want to give him an offering that doesn't cost me something. And sometimes our worship is a sacrifice. And we bring it to God with, with a praise and a thanksgiving on our lips. Mark 12 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strength. Give God the best that we can offer him. And number three, worship with expectation. Worship God with a heart of expectation. And here's what I mean when I say that. James says, and God's speaking, this is Jesus talking here now. Come close to God and God will come close to you. When you worship, don't do it just to say, I'm going to help this group get some stuff going on in here. No, 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 no. When you worship here at home or in your car, wherever you're at, worship what God says. When you worship, come close to me. And then have this expectation, church. Everybody look at me a second. Have this expectation. Because when you're worshiping him and you're coming close to him, he says, I'm going to come close to you. You feel alone right now, but you're not in a moment. You feel like you can't win, but you're about to. You feel like it's over, you're about to realize it's not. Because if you'll come close to me, I'm, I'm gonna come close to you. When you worship, worship with a heart of expectation. Isaiah, I close with this scripture, says, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. God's got great plans for you. God said, I've got great plans for you, not to harm you, but to bless you. And I want to challenge you today as a people that, that worship's not just a 20-minute thing that you do on Sunday. I want you to start being that worshiper at home. Turn the TV off every once in a while and get some worship going on in your house. And, and, and do your makeup in the bathroom and let some worship go on in your automobile, all right? It's safer too. And then just let that worship become part of who you are and realize that worship is my arsenal, is one of my weapons. And every time the enemy comes against you, let one of the first weapons you get out. See, here's where we fail, and I close. We always run for the faith when you need to run to the worship. Because faith without worship becomes a work within itself because I'm trying to make it happen. But when I bring worship into the scenario, I don't need to make it happen. I trust him to take care of that. And so I want to challenge you today. When you meet with us on Sunday morning and this is new to you, just whatever pace you feel. But don't look at us, look at him. And let's give him the best offering worship and praise that we can give him so that heaven is pleased and when heaven's pleased he's going to please you he's going to please me amen come on can we give him thanks for his word today for him thank you lord bow your heads with me
right now, maybe you're in this room and you'll join those that's already made a decision today and you'd say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today. Somebody brought me. I came on my own. However you got here, you say, there's a lot going on in my life today, Pastor. There's a lot going on. And I realize today that I'm not where I need to be spiritually. I'm not where I need to be. But I want to make a decision today for Christ. Pray for me. If that's you right now, would you just lift a hand right where you are? I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. God bless you. You say, I need Jesus in my life today, Pastor. I just want to make a decision today for him. I want him to be the Lord of my life. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else, just say, that's me today, Pastor. Maybe online in our live stream. You need Jesus today. You need to make a decision, make a choice. He loves you today. We love you today. We want to help you in this journey. If you raise your hand or you did not, and you need Jesus in your life today, pray this prayer with me, and we're going to pray it with you as a church family so you don't feel alone. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you join me and let's celebrate with these.